Hi, I'm James Chow, and you're listening to The China Current, a storytelling experience that brings you up close with the people shaping our shared global future. Nini, it's a great pleasure speaking with you. And let's start with your name, because in Chinese, names carry significant meanings. There are only a certain number of popular Chinese names, Wang, Chen, Liu, Zhou, which is my one. Okay. Yours is really unusual. It's spelled S-U-E-T in Roman characters, but okay. it's pronounced Xue, yeah. which is snow. I've never heard of a surname like this. Right. It's actually, um, we made it up. My parents made it up. Um, it's not like an authentic Chinese last name, um, you know, per se, but it's a character in my dad's name. So my dad's last name is actually the common one, Wang. Um, but he chose to give me my own last name for several reasons. Um, it's because before my parents had me, uh, they were thinking about the name for their future kid. Um, and one day they were like, okay, so I want the, the kid, be a girl or a boy, to have a character in my name. And Xue is the first character of my dad's first name. So that became a character that we would use. And then the second character is tricky because it's actually a very complicated character. Um, it's on the top, it means deer, like the animal. And at the bottom, it's son or daughter. So my mom's uh, nickname actually means deer in Chinese. So if you put all these things together, it will mean my dad, you know, the xue from my dad's name, and then deer from my mom's name, and then the daughter. So how do you pronounce that altogether? Altogether is xueni. Xueni. Yes, okay. Xueni. So yeah. if we are our names, and if we embody the character that our names are intended to convey... What part of you do you transport to your life today? Um, I would say independent, right? Because I'm not the traditional Chinese, you know, sort of, you know, kids that take on dad's last name, right? So I have my own last name. So I built my own life. Uh, kind of, you know, resembles what I'm doing today, which is building a company from scratch, right? So starting from zero. And also, um, the the name itself means a deer in the snow. So that's kind of, it's kind of sad, right? It's <laughs> better than being a deer in headlights. <laughs> that's true. But you're really cold, right? Um, but it's kind of good because when you're in the snow, you, you're, you're alert, right? And then you are trying to, you know, you, you kind of have to sort of fight for your own life, right? So I feel like that's the spirit of an entrepreneur, right? You're kind of fighting all the time yeah that entrepreneur aspect of your life which yep. is really a huge part of what you do you are independent in the sense of creating this startup which is called shang learning uh, essentially you bring chinese students and you prepare them after school for boarding school in the united states but it's also a very nurturing role so it's not cold in any sense. In <laughs> fact, you have many children, so to speak, of your own. Right. In a sense, even though I don't have a kid myself right now, but you know, I have so many kids, right? And I refer to them as my kids. You do? Um, in I, class? I, in class, What yes. do they call you? The, a teacher, right? Nini, 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 so Nini teacher, right? So, um, but yeah, or some, sometimes they'll just call me Nini because it's very endearing. Um, yeah. So it's 
you know, it's not cold, but、uh, it's not easy either,、uh, because the road to really fully prepare a, a young kid for a journey abroad it means so much more than just learning the language, right? It's the cultural understanding,、um, is the you know what kind of problems am I going to face, and when I do face these problems, who do I go to for help, right? How do I help myself when my parents are not around? So all these questions and all these life skills are really important.、Um, so that's kind of what we try. To make sure that they carry when they do go abroad, because it's not just about getting in; it's about really, you know, surviving and just thriving in a new environment. You only send your students to America. Why? Well, because that's the place that I know the best.、Um, I went to boarding school myself back in the nineties. Where did you go? I went to a boarding school called、uh, Tabor Academy in Massachusetts.、Um, it's by far the best memories of my life. I think. Really?、Um, I didn't think that when I first got there. You know, not <laughs> not speaking English and not knowing what to do at all.、Um, but thinking back, it's that you know the the nurturing environment, exactly what you said. It's you know the the humanity of it.、Uh, really, that kind of. Um, brought it home for me,、um, so that's why I feel like boarding school is a very good environment for a kid to really mature、uh, and really grow up and learn how to have connection with not just students but also adults,、um, and that's really important.、Yeah. What was it like if you could glance back at a fourteen-year-old Nini going to Massachusetts to? Not just a different country, a different continent, different language, different culture, and then you're living in this environment with other people of your age and around your age. What was it like for you at that time? At first, it was horrible because <laughs> you know I didn't speak the language, I didn't understand anything.、Um, I came straight from a public school system、um, in China,、um, and I was on my own for the first time because、um, I was a day student. Back in China, so it was not only just a complete language shift; it was a lifestyle shift,、um, and that was really hard. I was not prepared,、um, but I think you know, gave, I gave it for you know a few months, and afterwards you kind of adjust to it. And purely because the faculty there, my advisor, and also even my roommates,、uh, they were so welcoming and so just nice. I guess I was lucky, right? I didn't come across any mean kids.、Um, everybody was、you、very、didn't. no, actually not.、Yeah. That's quite universal to a lot of people's experiences, boarding school or not. But it's so great to hear that you had、yeah. the time of your life.、Yeah. Then you went on to study and graduate from Princeton University. But then you chose to go back to China. Why was that?、Um, it took me a while to actually make that decision.、Um, I first. Moved back to Hong Kong after graduating from Princeton,、uh, took on a job as a banker, right?、Um, and then did that for a few years, and then you know worked in media and broadcast、um, in Hong Kong. But it was my family, you know, they never left Beijing. They were all there. So you know, I grew up with my grandmother on my mom's side. She raised me. She was getting older, and I was away for you know more than ten years. So I wanted to come back and visit her and be close to her. So that was one main main reason. Um, and also, secondly, it was just kind of I realized that you know China is changing so fast, so rapidly, and there are so many things happening,、uh, lots of opportunities, and then you know just so many、uh, possibilities.、Um, you had lots of possibilities because while you glossed over it when you were in Hong Kong, you began life as you said as an investment banker at Morgan Stanley. Then you went on to become a producer at CNN International. In fact, I think you produced the morning show. That Christie Lou Stout
continues to right. present an anchor. So you had built up a, a very good career, a good start to your adult life, yet you chose to go to the mainland. Give up that for what you didn't know you left as a young teenager. Right. Um, it was a hard decision, right? Because, you know, at, at one point it was kind of like either do you want to move up the corporate ladder to, you know, stay at CNN. Eventually you probably have to go back to the States, right, to get back to the headquarter. Uh, or do I want to, you know, connect with my roots, right? And I feel like my roots was more important. Um, and also, I feel like my skill sets and what I've learned from studying a boarding school, working you know, in Hong Kong, could be best utilized and maximized really in China. Um, there are a lot more places and opportunities uh, that I can use my skill sets uh, in China versus in the States, uh, in my opinion. Yeah. You talk about your roots and you mentioned your grandmother who I know you continue to see all the time even (laughs) still I think you live next door to your grandmother (laughs) even now so you had your grandmother you obviously had your parents all them from and continue to live in Beijing even today so tell me about the roots of what it means to be a young Chinese woman entrepreneur on the cusp of education but also on the cusp of bringing cultures together and bridging them as one um it's a hard job (laughs) it's a hard job and also it it took me a while to readjust to china um so what i keep on telling my kids or my students um that when they do go at such a young age if they do come back and join their family business or just like me right to follow your roots um do you will experience a lot of trouble uh, blending back in. So there is the term in Chinese, it's called 接地气儿. Um If you translate that directly, it's kind of breathing in the earthy air, right? So that just means you got to learn how to do business or how to behave in China again, um, because you can't just use what you know you, what you have done in the Western world uh, back in China. So it, it's hard, right? You know. So I think that's the key of what I'm doing. I feel like you know what I'm doing is not just getting an offer for these families for these kids. It's really helping them to understand how to code switch uh, in terms of mindsets, in terms of culture, uh, in terms of uh, making connections with people from different backgrounds. I think that's the key in the future world because we are becoming so global and the world is getting smaller and smaller. Um, so the people with these skill sets are the ones who can really, I think, navigate better. Navigate a rapidly changing world and at a time when globalization as a concept and as a reality is under expanding threat. What role then do young students from China play in that process, but also in helping secure the global future. Right, Um, because at the end of the day, all conflicts or any sort of threat happens because of, you know, different perspectives. At the end of the day, in my opinion, everything is just different perspective. If you can have the skill set to put yourself in other people's shoes and you choose to do that willingly and try to see things from that person's perspective and situation and that person does the same, I think eventually a lot of things, you know, a lot of conflicts will, you know, they won't they won't completely vanish, but I think it will be easier to solve it, right? You can you can agree to disagree. 
right? So you know, there's a lot more compromises, a lot more common grounds that you can find、uh, with people who are able to do that and who are willing to do that. And I feel like you know, being immersed in a different culture, in a different、um, environment, can really make a person、uh, be more conducive to that kind of thinking. And that's the key、um, of really studying abroad. Yeah. Let's break down China because、uh, it's a country of five letters, one word. But well, actually, People's Republic of China is four words. <laughs> And when you think of the People's Republic, understandably, a, a lot of people are are hesitant,、mm. uh, sometimes、uh, in fear of、mm-hmm. of this country that's so big, but also is still a communist、mm-hmm. country. And with that comes、uh, all different. Uh, ranges of nuances,、yeah. um, but you work with young people. You help nurture them. You help connect them to the world. What is the young modern Chinese today at fifteen, sixteen、mm-hmm. years old? What do they think about? What do they like to watch? What do they play on their phones?、Right. How do they interact? Right. Well, you know, if you talk about the teenagers in first tier, second tier cities,、um, they're very informed,、um, and they are very much,、um, you know, up to speed in terms of what's going on, especially in their, you know, areas of interest. Right? They know sports. They know NBA. They know NHL. Right? You know, they know everything. Right? Because you know, right now, technology really brings the world really, you know. Close together, and then they have the access、uh, to information. Yes, you know there there are censorships, right? There are apps that you cannot use. There 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 are apps that you, there there are sites that you cannot see, but you know you can always find ways around it <laughs> legally, right?、Um, and there, the the channels for information is so many, right? So I think that's one thing I I always wanted to clarify. You know, people who think about oh my god, China, you're just kind of Closed off, right? It's really not. People here are very open, and they're hungry, and they're eager, and they have access, right? So, especially in first tier cities, and especially the kids that I work with, right?、Um, so they are just like teenagers, maybe like in the states too, and they connect very well. They meet together. They immediately talk about sports or music、um, or movies or TV shows, right? So. I feel like the younger generations—they're not that concerned a lot of the time about politics and you know all the conflicts, the big problems that we have. They really just focus on themselves and they focus on you know enjoying life a lot of the time, and that's a good thing.、Right? They're real millennials, aren't they? <laughs> yeah, they are. No worries. Yeah. Just thinking about themselves. <laughs> People, are, you know, you, you talk about learning, absorbing、uh, their quick studies.、Uh, How is that going to be applied? Do people need to be worried about how young Chinese today are going to use that knowledge and use technology, which has become a very sensitive touchstone globally,、mm-hmm. China and tech? Right.、Um, I feel te- I feel like technology is always a you know double edged sword. Right. It's never good or bad. It depends on who's using it. Right,、um, so that's why education is so important. You need to make sure that people who are using technology are doing it for the goodness of humanity.、Uh, you you can never. I mean, this is a constant debate, right? So, do we want to, you know, AI? Right, it's going to take over the world. Oh my God! Eventually, we're going to be all wiped out. But human build that, right? So it depends on the intention of you know technology, right? So and that intention part is the part that we could, you know, influence and in a sense. 
um, encourage or promote or you know that that's education, right? So. I don't really, maybe you know, call me naive or idealistic. I don't really worry much about you know China technology and that being bad, right?、Um, it really depends on who's using it. And I'm pretty sure the younger generation, the more affluent、uh, young generation of China, they're really not thinking about taking over the world. <laughs> They are thinking about exactly you know making their lives better. <laughs> um, they're thinking. They're they're focusing more on consumption. To be honest,、yeah. we have to make clear to the listener here because they can't <laughs> see you that you you refer to these young people, but you're young yourself. You were born in the <laughs> mid 1980s or thereabouts.、Um, what do you want for China going forward? It has this huge opportunity because it is the second biggest economy. It has a seat at the Permanent Security Council at the United Nations. There are understandably many concerns around it, militarily, politically,、mm-hmm. diplomatically, technologically,、yeah. even culturally. How would you humanize China so it's not a country in one block,、mm-hmm. but a country that's made up of one point four billion men, women, and children?、Mm-hmm. It's so hard to characterize China in one word. Uh, or one sentence,、um, but I do feel like what I hope for for China is to pay more attention on family unit、um, because really there is you know, people feel like you know, if you just read the news, right?、Um, China is you know you know doing all these giant things and you know trying to quote unquote take over the world, right? Trying to establish itself as a world domination power and all that. But really, the ordinary citizens and individual family unit in the Chinese society,、um, they're not like that, right? So if you really do want to get to know the modern China, you gotta come here and see it for yourself, right? People here,、uh, they worry about the same things.、Um, you know, they they focus on people, they focus on education, they focusing, they focus on optimizing their lives, right? And they focus on family, on on. On, on finding love, and you know, it's it's the daily routines.、Um, so, yeah, I feel like there is、um, that sort of, you know, two layers. You know, one on on top on the policy level, right? It's it's giant, it's big, but really, it comes down to the individual family. It's 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 just like normal life, right? <laughs> I need some nini tips now. <laughs> If you're coming to Beijing for the first time, I have some of my own ideas, but you go first.、Yeah. Um, give me a place where someone must go to when they come to China. If you come to Beijing,、uh, for sure, if you want to see modern China and what's going on,、uh, Sandy Tour area. <laughs> That's where like all the hip things are happening. You know, the bars, the nightlives, and the young people gathering together. You know, that can I think you know. Apple Store, Apple Store, Adidas, yes, Uniqlo,、um, yes. But、exactly. then also, apart from the big brands, a lot of really cool、yeah. smaller Chinese shops within that. Exactly, like in Shanghai, even more so. Shanghai is a lot more, you know, the boutique, cute coffee stores and tea shops, right? And there, you know, there's. I actually have a friend who has a store. It's called Seventy Two Hours of High Heels. Uh, she designs really nice, fashionable high heels that you can wear and you can run in it. I mean, it's in Shanghai, so it lasts seventy two hours, or <laughs> she makes them in seventy two hours. <laughs> you can run in it and wear it for seventy two hours without feeling pain in your feet. And on the seventy third hour, <laughs> you probably will. I don't know. You you feel pain? <laughs> I haven't tried it yet. We, we should give it a, a test run and, and and make a video for this as well next time. Exactly. Yeah. Tell me about being a woman 
entrepreneur mm -hmm. in China, Deng Xiaoping, the former leader of China, back in 1979, he created this special relationship with the United States mm -hmm. with President Jimmy Carter. He says women hold up half the sky. <laughs> so these days we talk about gender equality and 50-50 mm -hmm. and how do we struggle and how do we accelerate the struggle to reach true equality. Mm -hmm. Has it been hard for you as a woman to run your own business, to grow it from what was a startup from someone from media to education to what is now a small and medium-sized business? Mm -hmm. It's been hard, uh, but I don't feel like it's because I'm a woman. Uh, it's because I'm an entrepreneur, <laughs> right? It's hard being a, an entrepreneur because you're basically solving problems every day. Um, but being a woman has this upside and downside. I think it's it, it could apply to men as well, right? Um, being a woman in education, which is a service industry, could help because I'm dealing with mostly moms, right? So you can connect with them more. And, you know, there is that sense of trust and the innate sense of mom feeling that feeling like you understand them, right? Um, so, you know, I would say it's, that's, that's an upside. Um, but in terms of the actual society, how the role of women has changed, um, I think the sense of empowerment and uh, it's, it's there. Uh, you can see it from all the popular articles that's been spreading around. You can see it in movies, in TV shows, right, that um, they're focusing more and more on what they call big women, right, women who are successful um, in, in terms of what they do career-wise, uh, who are beautiful, uh, who has, you know, um, who has their own dreams, um, who is not just searching to find, to get married or have kids, even though you could, you could be under pressure, right? Um, so I do see that, but more so in first-year studies, yeah. We're entitled to our own dreams mm -hmm. as individuals. What's your dream? Ah, uh, it's a hard question to answer. <laughs> can I have many dreams? <laughs> yes, you can. Um, for my company, obviously, I want it to grow, to become a lasting brand, um, because education is not... Um, you know, it's, it's not something that you do it for a year. Uh, it's something that you build um, and you grow for a long time. Um, and my idea of, you know, true educator is someone who really devotes your entire life doing this. Um, that's kind of the education I received, fortunately, right at the private boarding school at Princeton. Um, right. So I wanted to build that in China. And I think China is ready. Um, because you could see in the past five years, the whole international education, private international education landscape is blossoming in China. Lots of different uh, possibilities. There are many bilingual schools uh, that offers Chinese curriculum as well as international cur curriculum. There are many international programs, right? You could see that the, the, you know, the middle class families in China are really thirsty for, you know, international education. So I see this as a huge industry where if I could, I wanted to make my own mark in it. Uh, so that's career-wise. Um, and my life right now really is just my work. <laughs> so I would say that's my biggest dream. I know your boyfriend is sitting in the background. <laughs> I I'm not sure. He's just smiling in the distance. But it's, I know your life is not just about your work. but you His created... life is about his work too. <laughs> yeah, so together it, it, it works just well. Yes. I, I want to, in closing, bring it back to your work and your life and also the value that you're able to impart to your students. You get them ready for a new experience. Mm -hmm. And when they leave your classroom and they're about to head to whichever state in the U.S. and to whichever school that they're privileged to get into, what's one thing that 
you tell them? And what's the one thing you would tell an American about China?、Mm-hmm. Um, one thing that I tell all my students or my kids,、um, I always tell them to always remember who they are、um, and always try to be true to themselves.、Uh, because when you do go to a new place and you, you, know, you experience peer pressure, you, you get influenced, right? It's easy to kind of feel lost. Um, and I felt lost a little bit until I read an article about you know, TCKs, third culture kids. right? I wouldn't call myself a pure TCK, but I would feel like you know, I did spend a significant part of my teenage lives as very impressionable years in a foreign culture,、um, which has shaped me into、um, who I am today. right? But deep down, I still identify more with being、um, Chinese. Uh, but I would say maybe a global, globalized Chinese, right? And、uh, some kids, they might go to the States and feel like they like that better, right? But I always tell kids there's no right or wrong answer in terms of who you choose to be, but do not try to be someone you're not.、Um, always think about who you are、um, and don't be afraid to show that because people will actually respect that. Yeah, so that's what I tell my students. And to a young American about China, whether they Come here in person, or probably、uh, not.、Um, would you say the same?、Um, yeah, but for young Americans, if they do come to China, I would want them to come, right? Right now, I feel like we have more Chinese students studying in the States than the other way around, right? So I would, you know, I, I feel like it would be great for more American students to be in China.、Um, actually, you know, I'm, I'm a mentor at the Schwarzman College at Tsinghua. Uh, where they bring Schwarzman scholars. Steve Schwarzman? Yeah, yeah. And、uh-huh. you know, these are mostly American kids who are so interested in China.、Um, talking to them and interacting with them, it's also great. Because I feel like I could, you know, they were like me, but, you know, reverse. Right? They were like me when I first got to the boarding school and not really knowing a lot.、Um, and when they came to China, it's also for them, they're, they're so bombarded with like, so many information, right? And they're, they're kind of lost too.、Um, but it's great to have that, right?、It's、when you send kids out and you bring other kids in, that's real globalization right there. I just need to ask you what happens when they're together. I know, right? <laughs> what happens? You've seen it.、Um, it's. it's I think the key thing about when they get together is they don't feel like it's different. You know what I mean? So that's actually the best. So it's not black and white. It's not. Coming so, together. No, it's, it, it, you, I think the best thing about being、um, a globalization is really you bring kids who have studied in boarding school or college you know, to a room w- with、uh, you know, American students who maybe have studied in China. Immediately they interact like they know each other. Uh, they've got common language,、uh, common experiences to share, and a common understanding. You actually, it's so smooth, right? There's no like, any sort of barriers. That's the best.、Yeah. The nationalities and the passports melt away somewhere. Exactly.、Yeah. I, I have to ask you one last question because、uh, you mentioned this intriguing term that I think a lot of people will be piqued by as well, which is. You call yourself a globalized Chinese.、Yeah. Some people say there's a contradiction <laughs> in terms. You know,、yeah. China, they say, is inward thinking. It keeps、right. itself apart from the rest of the world. It doesn't share. It's not inclusive.、Right. So, what is a globalized Chinese?、Mm. Well, I feel like the key for a globalized Chinese is、um, it's really kind of globalized, globalized is a mindset. 
right? It's kind of whether you're open-minded enough to receive new information and to receive new influences,、uh, whether you have the willingness to learn and absorb from others. And I feel like that's、uh, who I am. So I feel like that's the key for globalization. Because if you are inward thinking, you can't learn from it. Anyone else, right? You just kind of sit in your own box, right? So,、um, I mean, Chinese is who I am. It's my nationality, right? So, I when I think Chinese, I don't really think about what kind of characteristics people associate with be with China. I just think I am Chinese. I I was born and raised here,、um, and I identify with the country here.、Um, you know. The good and the bad, right? But I do have the willingness to branch out, to reach out, to share, and to learn.、Um, so I think that's the key for globalized Chinese. <laughs> Nini Sweat, founder and CEO of Shang Learning. We wish you all the best for your future and those of your students as well. Thank you.